0: Me if he and grab him a coke. We about to sift on our bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober the Brennan T gotta be on your social media feeds. And Brennan Tassiv is your eggs, drinking buddy. Brennan tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Brennan
1: says if it's your tassif is your ex drinking buddy. What's up everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to hang out with friends, do drugs, get drunk, talk shit, talk shop, and reminisce about old stories. I'm sober today, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest, this week is no different, creator of the goddamn comedy jam, my good friend, Josh Adam Myers. God,
0: man. You're like, being sober just rules, man. It's just (laughs) the best. Does it? Does it?
1: (laughs) I talk about it all the time. Does it,
0: man? Because I had a lot of fun yeah. when I was doing opiates and and ketamine and just all this stuff, man.
1: We're going to get into it. Uh, plug everything. This will come out Friday. So plug everything you got coming uh,
0: out tonight and Saturday. I'm at Laughing Up in Poughkeepsie. And then Monday, oh, Sunday, if you're in LA, I'm, oh, Poughkeepsie is in New York. And then uh, Sunday and Monday, I am at uh, the comedy store doing the goddamn comedy jam. Um, and then Monday I'm doing shimmy, shimmy, ah, both in the main room. And then I will be in Arizona at the house of comedy, uh, the last weekend of February and then Aspen in March and then moon tower and then fucking Nashville comedy festival. And then just for laugh, just go to my website, but most importantly, um, Listen to my podcast, The Five Hundred with Josh Adam Myers, uh, where I'm going through Rolling Stone magazine's list of the five hundred greatest albums with super famous people. Uh we've got Kim David Gordon. Duchovny
1: was it just on? I saw that. David Duchovny. That was
0: stupid. Just David Duchovny. Well, he was on, wasn't he? <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, it's you, like that's, you, that's, you, it's stupid.
1: Californication, the
0: X Five. I saw that and I was like, holy shit. Dude, I had I had Tom Hanks' wife. Really? Rita Wilson. Yeah. So check it out, the five hundred podcast. Just the- listen to it. I don't know why I'm still doing it. Subscribe to the Patreon. I just want to listen to these records. I just want to finish it because I'm so deep into it. How how far are you in? Uh, we're almost we've almost done two hundred episodes. Oh like, shit! Like yeah, we've been doing it for about three three and a half years. Um, I love it. I it's just you know it's weird. You know we had we we sold it to Spotify. Yeah. Very much like the Rogan deal, except for far less money. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I say the N word way more. <laughs> than Rogan ever did um, and nobody's cutting that out <laughs> and all my COVID misinformation I mean come on man nobody that could have gotten us at least 100,000 new subscribers um, but then like they dropped the show in the middle of the pandemic which, okay. uh, which it's you know good or bad uh but it's hard to go from like making no money to suddenly making a shitload of money and then they cut all that and then all that money's taken away again it's just gone. And then yeah. it's all just Patreon and ad sales which is fine but not like nearly as much yeah. much so I'm like <laughs> I don't fucking know man I always want to quit every every week I'm I'm ready to quit. Yeah. But you're just going to keep it you're almost there. You got to do all five. No months. I'm not. I'm 6 more years away. <laughs> you're almost there you fucking <laughs> Positive I'm trying to be positive Yeah well, Good job
1: <laughs> Well tell everybody um, Because you and I have spoken about this uh, At length at the stand uh, But tell everybody Kind of uh, Where you're from Because you're from uh, The Maryland area Correct?
0: Yeah I'm from uh, There it is I'm from the Washington D.C. area Maryland uh, About 20 minutes north of D.C. In a little town Well it's not little uh, Germantown Maryland It's in Montgomery County So okay. it's, one of the richest counties in the in the country cuz that that's where potomac maryland is that's where chevy chase and and bethesda are germantown is kind of the suburbs of dc which is which is like you know it, it's it's rich it's poor it, it was just a very uh you know, blase suburb yeah. that grows out of a big city. Okay. Um, real lucky to have grown up there. Like every race, color, and creed was there. So at a young age, I mean, I was just like, oh my God, that's like an Indian person and that's a this and that's a that. So I as I got older, there was like it was like there was never any you know, you, you have these people that moved to like Los Angeles and they're like, oh my God, yeah, like I called all these Mexicans shocked, yeah. and I'm like, we've had them. All right. They, <laughs> they've been here. <laughs> they've they're everywhere. Just but yeah, it was there's not much to do. Uh, until you get of age to like to drive. Yeah. So we, we would just, you know, it's just a lot of like partying and, and um, you know, like mayhem. Like there's a lot of mayhem. We used to drive. Because if you drove 20 minutes south, you're in the district. You're in one of the biggest cities in the in the country. And then if you drive 20 minutes the other way north, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Which is like. Beyond Frederick, the mountains, um, just roads where there's like, you Nothing. know, yeah. And so we used to, we used to just really go into those roads and just party. We used to have these huge, like, you know, kind of like Days and Confused style. shit. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, when did you start doing that in high school? When you guys all started driving?
0: I I started drinking with my friend Greg. I was. 13 okay 13 years old 12 i think about 13 when we started going into my parents medicine cabinet um my mom and dad had like a really extensive you know it just, it's just everything yeah it's like contro yeah like, why do you have that why do you have liqueurs yeah there's like liqueurs there's vodkas Myers rum uh, and so I I don't even know how it started, but I, I remember Greg was the first one that was like, "Hey, let's 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 take a little bit of rum." Yeah. And so we would we would like take rum out the clear rum, and then we would fill it back up with water, wow, as you know, did. after a night. And then my mom was making rum cake, and <laughs> no way
1: that's gonna. And suck. I
0: remember I just remember we were upstairs in my bedroom, and my mom just started screaming. <laughs> She's like, "Who put water in this rum?" Joshua, get down! Did you drink this rum? And I was like, uh, you know, of course, I'm like no. And and she, you know, might have grounded me. My parents, see, that was the problem, was my parents were not uh, disciplinarians, okay. as much as they like, they really could have, you know, shamed me or or protected me through punishments, yeah, and they tried to. And I just would like either one, just break through that and be like, all right, well, or I or I would fake them out and be like, all right, I'm back to being a good kid. And they'd be like, all right, they'd they'd loosen the restrictions and they would just kind of let me do whatever I want to do.
1: Okay, so all that freedom eventually kind of caught up with you.
0: Yeah, um, you know, life, life has always been except for the last six, seven years. i say about six years. It was like, was when I really started to be an adult. Yeah. So at like, at like 36. Okay. Um, it was always like, I would make these steps forward and then I would have a life event that would change that. And then it would put me back like five steps. Yeah. I would do and that then, all the time. And then I would, I would, then I'd get everything together thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'd finish college or whatever it was. I would always go up and then I'd go back. Yeah. Um,
1: that happened to me between rehabs, hospitals, getting arrested. I would always take it would seem like, okay, I'm doing it. Like I'm a grown up. I'm going to get a real job and then I would start drinking again, end up in jail with another DUI and then it's like, well, I'm obviously I'm getting fired. I'm my, you know, fiance's leaving. Like I don't know what to do
0: and then I would just start all over. How, how many DUIs do you have? Two. <laughs> Not as many as you. I got 3. Yeah. Fucking 3, dude. Proud of them. <laughs> me too. Hat trick. Yeah, that is I went for three I mean so you can drive though now right I can drive yeah because that's what we were talking about before you drive all the time you don't I've I I so so my last UI was the reason I stopped drinking okay um, and, and that, that was, was you haven't had a drink in
1: a long time right no I
0: have okay. I have so all right so I stopped drinking regularly uh, December 8th 2006 okay um and then a year went by almost without drinking and then i moved to la and i started drinking for like two months okay um and it was just a complete and utter mess like i immediately started doing i started doing cocaine and drinking and partying um and then and then i had like a shock where it was like because somebody came up to me i have a buddy who was like this uh, my cousin's friend who i was staying with and was like this male model worked for like huge campaigns and he was such a cool laid back guy. And he came up to the studio that I was I was subletting. And he I remember he he was like, he just knocked on the door. He was like, hey, man, can we talk? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, hey, man, you know you moved out to LA to work. Yeah. You're just partying every night. He's like, you're spending all your money. You're doing coke. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. But as much as you're doing it, there's no point of you being here. Yeah, you might as well just stay. You just might as well go back to Maryland because yeah. that's what's going to end up happening. You're going to drink and party yourself back home. And and you're gonna fail. And he's like, if you have a real shot, you're out here. So fucking do it. And and he was right. And so I was like, You're right. And then I was like, all right, done with alcohol, just Vicodin. <laughs> and then that was like 16 years. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I. Well, what I would do is I wouldn't drink regularly, but from from like two thousand and eight until about two thousand and three. 14, I think, was the last time I actually had a drink of alcohol uh, one night out of well, really it was two nights. But I would I would get frustrated with something in my career. And I would call my buddy Matt, who lived in who I who I knew in Baltimore, but lived in Venice now. Okay. And he was a guy I used to drink and do coke with. And I would I would hit him up and I'd be like, hey, man, I'm coming to see you. Let's just let's. let's – I'm bringing, like, 500 bucks. Let's yeah. get a bunch of Coke. And I would go to his place, and we would just do Coke for, like, two days straight and drink. And then when that would be over, I'd, I'd fall, finally fall asleep at his place. And then I'd wake up the next morning just hungover, feeling like shit. And then I would drive home, and I would sleep for a day. And then I was good. Yeah. I was good for, like, you know, another year. It was yeah. just when I got to a point of frustration, that was when I would, I would just have to, like, let it out. But I knew that – if I drank and and went to any did any kind of stand up or was around people like that, like my career would be over. Yeah, and that's what I noticed when I was
1: living in Oklahoma. I went to stay with my cousin for a little while because my life was just utterly falling apart. So I went up to Oklahoma where he does comedy, yeah. and uh, he was getting me on shows, and I'd be hammered, just doing like impressions, running the light, like, and it was just a fucking mess. And I had him on the podcast recently, um, and we were talking about because he introduced me to stand up, like Mitch Hedberg and Tom Rhodes back in the yeah. day. And we were talking about it. he was, well, we all saw something there. Like there was something funny about it. You just couldn't stay sober long enough for anybody to realize it because it was a disaster. And that's why, like to this day, now I'm in New York, and sometimes I get frustrated, obviously, you know. I was like, oh, I'm going to have the podcast. I'm going to get like a good 45 minutes. Then I'll move to New York. And I got here and everyone's like, we don't give a shit. Like nobody fucking cares. Yeah. How many followers do you have? That's not enough. You're not going to get past. And so it was so frustrating. And I wanted so badly to just revert back to like, well, fuck it. I'll work and drink. Who cares? But I realized that like, like you were just saying, it's like, then I might as well go back to Florida. Yeah. Like there's
0: no reason to be here then. Yeah. If, if I always try to tell people, you know, you. Like how old are you? And they'll be like, oh, I'm 35. And I was like, Can you party that much? And he's like, Are you? And you're not doing anything. I was like, Dude, and you... how long have you been drinking? And they're like, oh, I mean, since I was 15. I was like, That's 20 years. Yeah, you have 20 years, imagine. and it's showing you that it's it doesn't work. It's the same. You're in the same spot. Like imagine,
1: and that's why the one thing I do love. I tell this to people all the time. Being an addict, an addict is almost like a superpower because if you, if I, because I was able to put down the drink and focus on comedy. I've gotten way further than if I was still drinking, like doing open mics and like you know Jacksonville, Florida. Like the fact that I was able to stop drinking and just focus on comedy because comedy's my whole. We well, you and I have talked about this. Comedy's my whole life now. Yeah, and now that I've been able to do that, I live in New York. I'm doing a podcast with you. Like all that's all because of my sobriety. And like we said earlier, like it sucks sometimes. Like when you're at the stand and everyone's having a great time, they're doing one of those after parties and. You're just kind of standing there drinking nah, a water and you're I like, don't, ah. I,
0: I don't see that. You don't, I, I see the opposite. Okay. I feel more empowered Yeah. and That's stronger true, than yeah. them that I can have fun and be myself and not need something to make it better, to make me cooler. Yeah. Um. That's a great point. And actually, I don't, yeah. and I don't, I don't judge them yeah. because I do envy, I envy somebody that can drink. And just like, like I see like, you know, Santino and I party with him and DeRosa at their bar and, and they're just having so much fun and they're loose and they're the life of the party. And I'm like, I can't be that. It's that whole story that you learn. It's like, you know, I I did 12 step program for for a few years and then I kind of broke off and I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to go to a guru and meditate and do that kind of shit and that and therapy. And that's what helped me get off because alcohol and alcohol and cocaine was so easy to stop because it was literally like, I'm going to go to jail. I keep go. I keep getting arrested. Yeah, I was going to say that was my it just kept happening and it's going to. Yeah it's go- cuz i i'm i was a such a bad drunk that i had to do coke and then it's just it's just this endless cycle um by the way i'm so sorry this isn't funny <laughs> no, no 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 we'll it's figure out a way stupid. to make this yeah. funny everybody but my real problem was with opiates because opiates made stand up comedy easier yeah and it made all the it, all the um What's the word I'm looking for? The uh, anxiety, butterflies. Not anxiety, just all of my insecurities. Okay, um, from things that I have done, you know, and and your trauma that you carry with you. Oh yeah, um, opiates pushed all that down. So you could just be. I could just be the Josh that I was as a kid, yeah. which is, you know, with no filters on my consciousness and just be like, this is fucking great. And I love this. And I could go up and perform, you know, a sold out show at Gramercy Theater and have all the industry in 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 Hollywood there and be like, I could give a fuck because yeah. I'm having fun. Uh, that was the hard thing to get off of. Um, But there was like, but it was like. That was so. That's like the real. That was my real like issue. Alcohol and cocaine was just like that last DUI. It was like there's no. I saw it. Yeah, I can't. I saw my future. Um, and and you know, it's like there's so much stuff I miss, man. You know, like I had so much fun. (laughs) I did. I really did. Yeah. I was, you know, dude. Growing up, so I always say this and I don't envy anybody that's, that's, you know, one, the kids, the high school kids of 2000 and, you know, 20 got fucked. Oh yeah. You know, they got fucked because, but they also, they got fucked a long time. They got fucked in 2005 when MySpace started. Oh yeah. Because when MySpace dropped, it was fucking, I was, I was already 24 i was already, you know, my my real bad years were like 18-19. Well, I'd say 16 through like through like 27, but it wasn't like you weren't posting pictures like that. We didn't have camera phones yet. Dude, it's so I
1: I tweeted this the other day, but the Facebook remind the Facebook memories is something that keeps me sober. Like really?
0: Oh, well you, but you drank during But I
1: drank during that time. So like a picture will pop up and I'm like shit-housed and like a uh, hundred pounds heavier and like falling over, and I'm just like that's so embarrassing that I posted that and thought that was smart to post. Well, you're in Florida,
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're, you can post, you can post anything. You're from Florida. It's like you've been wrestling an alligator, like just with your dick out trying to fuck it. And you'd be like, yeah, and they'd be like, it's a good Tallahassee boy. <laughs> um, well, because I, you know, well, like the the really, so when I say the fun years which my fun years were you know so 18 is when i really started like going out yeah. and going to nightclubs and cuz all right so so my so i so I, it, it takes it all back to uh 7th grade so all first through 6 whatever i'm just a kid yeah. you know and i'd go to summer camp and i'd like hook up with girls and i didn't realize that i was even remotely attractive and then I get into seventh grade, and on that first day, like every girl is like sending me notes, like "Ooh, will you be my boyfriend?" I was like, "What the fuck?" And then like a week later, when they saw how hyperactive and ADD I was, like, "Oh, they all rescinded." <laughs> they were you all like, "No, that. no, 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 you're we're good. You're cute, but we're good." And and so. You know, all throughout high school, I was like this wild, funny kid, right? Because yeah. uh, I used comedy as a defense mechanism. Because I was 5'9". I you know, I played sports, but I didn't play like physical sports. I played like well, I played basketball, but I did like tennis, shit like that. I wasn't like a big kid. That's why I'm fucking yoked now, dude. Yeah. Make up for it. Get some. Um, but but then in in I think it was like my when I got out of high school. So all right, my senior year of high school, I had I had TMJ surgery. Okay. So I had, like, four screws. I have my whole jaw cut out. I Ooh. had four screws put in, four screws. I have this metal wire. And I broke my nose when I was younger, so they put, like, two little plates right here. Okay. And so my whole senior year, I was, like, my face, because it was, like, October, right before homecoming, my face was, like, swollen. And it wasn't until, like, about, like, March... Where it really started to like ease down. And at the beginning, everybody was like, was like, hey man, the swelling's going down. You're looking better. You're looking better. And then one day that just stopped. So in my head, I was like, I'm this freak. Like, I was like, I'm sloth. Like yeah. I have just, I'm just like all disfigured. And then at the end of my senior year, I was working at this Outback steakhouse and, and it was like Melrose Place. Like everybody was drinking together. Yep. And that was like all the older kids were partying. And I was with Outback
1: for a while. You were an
0: Outback? Yeah. In that's Port- what- start at 18 started it out back dude i was i was one of my first jobs i think i started there when i was like 13, 14 15 i was employee of the month july 1995 was it 95 yeah dude best bus boy in the world Free, fuck yeah pre-bust pulling plates i was, you know, I was pulling Get plates it. for people always making the loop like I was the man. I was
1: the voice. Uh, that first Outback I ever worked at, it was brand new, and it was just a regular recording. And I was like, "We can't have that." So I was the voice when you would call up. I, it was the good, hey mate, thanks for calling Outback Steakhouse, two twenty five Coastline Drive. That's not that bad. was me, yeah.
0: Good eye, Mike. Good eye, Mike. Good eye, Mike. Thanks for <laughs> calling it Big Starcast. We got a real buns of cobble here. <laughs> so, what happened? You, you. So, I was working there and I'm yeah. partying, and like there's some hostesses working there, and they all, like, every guy's trying to fuck this one girl, Miriam and Janessa. And well, first it was Janessa, then Miriam was later. And I remember Janessa was like, no, I want Josh. And I was like, wait a second. Am I somewhat attractive so you thought you were sloth and now you're and like wait like, a second. and then once i knew that i was this like cute kid i was like i am fuck and then i just started going to nightclubs and became like a raver well f- then i go to europe for like six seven months because i inherited money and you know I, that was where i got king of fleece that's when i yeah. spent like three thousand dollars on fleece and then i when i went to europe i just partied all throughout europe uh just you know The whole goal was that we were going to get laid while we were there. And we did, but just not as much. Yeah, I was going to say, not nearly nearly as much as as we were hoping. Because my buddy was like, You're going to go to Europe and you're just going to fuck everybody because you're American. And he was right. If we would have gone to like, we would have gone to like, you know, two hours west of Paris. But the fact that we were in Paris where Americans are all the time, I don't give a fuck. But that was where the partying started. And that was where I started to uh try drugs and i started doing because i had done like acid and stuff but i had never done ecstasy and that was when i tried ecstasy in amsterdam and i did it like out of the three weeks i was there I, i probably did it like five six times and then i came back to the states and i'm 18 years old about to be 19 i've been partying i've been you know drinking and and finally starting to meet girls and then i start working at this restaurant mozzarella's the american cafe which then became just the american cafe okay um which is like a ruby tuesdays yeah so and it was at the mall so like mall like if you ever see mall just, rats yeah it's, it's yeah. like that like yeah. everybody knows each other everybody's fucking each other i had a girlfriend that worked at the like the record store yeah, downstairs everyone's down steel yeah. for me um and I would steal. oh yeah, dude. I didn't miss that. Dude, we'd steal. Because you've do. always
1: loved music. That's always been like a huge battle. Yeah,
0: I remember she got me the Method Man Judgment Night C D the night before it came out. Like, and dude. she would just and my buddy Paul got a job there and he would steal and we stole from I stole from every job. <laughs> every job. Yeah. Hollywood video, which is where I was working before I went to Europe. Dude, if VHS <laughs> was still big i'd have the greatest movie collection i had like eight copies of aaron brockovich really i had like i had so much i would just steal not stop because the manager would let us because like we would so on like a sunday night me and the manager would work together it would just be the two of us and then one this assistant manager was uh as what he said a former gang member okay he looked like a meth addict you know real skinny kind of missing a tooth um, the fact that he was in charge of anything is ridiculous, <laughs> just from his pure looks, yeah. and when we'd shut everything down, he would be like we would we would not ring in. So somebody would pay in cash and we would just comp the video but just tell him it was you know four ninety five or whatever. yeah, we'd do that a few times until we had about twenty thirty bucks. and then we'd go to McDonald's buy a couple like McNuggets or whatever. And then we'd get like a sixer of like hard cider. And then we just drink beer. And then I bring like a big, you know, one of those free bags you get when you buy cologne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for like jupe. And I would just fill up like videos. I mean, everything. And he wouldn't care. And then we'd put it around. I mean, you could, if they ever checked the fucking monitors, they could see that I was stealing something or the way I was letting my bag out. But because he was a manager, he just didn't care. Um, Cause he would be the one checking the monitors. Well, no, no, no. The if who I think that whoever the the GM GM would, but, oh, but okay, nobody yeah. ever got nobody ever got caught. Nobody cared. Nobody ever cared. Um, and so and so then I and so then I go to Europe, and then when I came back, I started working at uh, Mozzarella's, and that was when like I really started partying, and that's when I talk about the fun years. Yeah, the fun years for me were late eighteen until about twenty. I'd say like cuz I got my first DUI when I was a, I was I was 20. Um yeah, when was that? was that in Maryland? That was in Maryland. That okay. was like either late July or early August. I think it was August. It was August because um so so the first DUI you know, and this is like after it had been like this this summer of just like just debauchery. Yeah. Going to nightclubs, having sex nonstop. Uh, you know, every because my the routine was every Wednesday I'd go to the edge. Thursday I'd go to tracks. Friday I'd go to Buzz. Saturday we'd go to a house party. And that oh. was every week. And then I would work day shifts and maybe one or two night shifts. But I, for the most part, that was every Wednesday through Saturday. That was my plan. <laughs> and we, you know, I, I think it was like the end of the summer, my friend Mike was living in in Towson, Maryland. he was going to Towson University and he invited me and my buddy Joel to go to go drink up there okay in his dorm and we drive up you know which is like a forty five minute drive oh, wow, from so the, from, not, from, yeah. from from like Germantown and we were drinking and and you know like I said, I don't know how to drink so i'm I'm just getting wasted. Yeah. And at the end of the night and I had like a I had like a uh, a a it was less than a year old Honda Civic. Um, original rims. Original rims. It was my my parents bought cuz I wrecked another car. Oh shit. Um if you listen to the crap piece yeah. like I tell the story about where the guy falls asleep oh, driving. yeah, where yeah, he, yeah. The I falls asleep driving home and I like wake up and like and try to like steer us onto the right side of the road and then he wakes up and like just fucking turns us right Jersey, into the like, Jersey yeah. wall. Um and so my parents got two cars. They got – they leased two different Honda Civics, a, a silver one and a black one, and I had the silver one. And my mom would take it to work some days, but it was, like, basically my car that I would drive to work. And so we we went out partying up in Towson, and I and I was, like – you know, it was, like, getting towards the end of the night, and I had to get home because my mom needed the car the next day. Yeah. so. I go all right, let's get out of here and everybody's like everybody's like well you can't drive so Joel will drive home. And Joel I guess was less drunk than I was. And I was like I was like all right, whatever. And then we get down to my car and I go dude, I can drive and he was just like all right, you know. And I get in the car and We took these back roads. So You would take 695 to 70 and then 70 to like, I think it was 28 and 28 was basically where you cut through Damascus to get to Germantown. It was a quicker way to get there. Yeah. But the roads are like really curvy, two lane roads. Um, And I was, I remember we were listening to Master of Puppets and I was just fucking bawling, dude, Uh, because Joel was like asleep in the passenger seat. And I remember even, like, looking at him, being like, dude, I'm balling, balling. I was going, like, 80 miles an hour down this, this you know, two-lane road. Curvy road, yeah. And the road curved. I overcompensated. And I skid out. And then I crash into a ditch. Oh, shit. And I think we hit a pole. But we hit it on the side. But we were both fine. Like, we get out of the car, like, really beaten up. It was right in front of somebody's house. They immediately oh, came outside and called the cops. Um, and like, none of that's funny, but I say this on stage cause this right. is God's honest truth. What was funny was while the cops were doing the sobriety test on me, yeah. they couldn't get the Metallica off the car. Stereo. <laughs> so I'm just like going, it's like, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I'm like touching my nose, get it. Following the pen. <laughs> There's guys on the street. I mean, we, like, as they're arresting me, it's just like you know, just blaring right the Back Um, and here's what's funny though, and this is why I I got two more DUIs in the in the car. I started crying. Yeah, um, because I'm wasted and I wrecked a car, my second car in in a year. That and I'd your wrecked. mom it's your mom the car your yeah. mom uses yeah yeah and i know you know my you know my my dad is going to give me that look yeah of disappointment which i've yeah, i've seen millions of times me too but it's still hard to see is it i mean for me it is uh, you guess what he's dead now so uh, yeah. i won <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry dad um no but i <laughs> I won. <laughs> I did. No, you did. I, I let me tell you something, man. You know, my dad would say to me, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" Well, I, I want to be a, a comic actor, and he's like, "All right," but I also want to be a rock star, and he's like, "You can't do both." Watch me. You did it. I did it. Yeah, especially and with I the- would rub that shit in his face. I'd be like, "Dude, I made more money." <laughs> Than you've made in like 10 years, just in the last, you know what I mean? It's not like my dad wasn't like a poor guy and that's not me bragging. It's just that my dad was a fucking Orkin man, you know, like my dad could have, could have, my dad had a good job. He fucking changed the job because he was like, he quit this great job because they were firing all his buddies and then he got into sales and he sucked. He sucked so bad at sales because he couldn't lie. Yeah. Okay. I can lie. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, like, yeah. I'm a great salesman. Yeah, I've sold everything I've tried to. Do. I'm like this. I have an idea. Let's let's make it. Uh. Then I get people excited, and that's salesmanship. Yeah, my dad couldn't do that, and he we lost the house. We lost all this shit because he did that. And and so you know he didn't follow his dreams. And I and I really I thank him for all of that. All of those looks of disappointment fueled me oh yeah to to like so to not give up cuz there there were so many moments of this career and so many moments when i was using where it was like i think that's why i did not overdose because there were so many nights on opiates that i was like this is it like i'm going to die like yeah. i'm i have i'm barely breathing i'm like so nodding out my my ex-girlfriend once found me in the bathtub like about to like choke to death like i was like in the water and she's like hey, pulls me out and i'm like hey what's yeah. going on she's like <laughs> <laughs> you dumb fuck? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine, it's fine. She's like, no, you weren't. And I was like, all right, I don't care. Um, But I mean, there's, I feel like that kind of shit is what, what pushes you through. Cause I just can't, if I died, it would have made everything that he said come true. Yep. hundred percent. Same want exact,
1: same exact kind of situation where I was like, I have to succeed. It dry. It's a huge thing because I've got family siblings and they all have you know, regular jobs. They're all like my older sister's an executive. My twin sister's married with kids and everyone's living that quote unquote American dream kind of thing. And I was like, no, I'm going to do comedy. And it's, it's such a driving force. Everyone who's like, you can't like you, not my family per se, but just people are like, you can't do that. Like that's for other people. That's for Lenny Bruce and Bill Burr and you, and you know, Tom Segura, that's for them. That's not for you. And that is such like every time, I was on the cusp of death. I was like, no, like this is not how this is going to end where everyone gets to turn around and be like, we were right. Brennan drank himself to death because I've been in the hospital being told by doctors you're going to die like you're dying. You must have fucking drank, dude. Dude, i I, my 30th birthday. I know I've told the story before, but on my 30th birthday, I was so upset that I had gotten nowhere with comedy. I drank, within 36 hours, I drank an entire handle. The only reason I survived was because a friend was in town and came to visit me, found me in my bathroom, passed out, rushed me to the ER. And the doctor was like, you should have been dead hours ago. Like, I don't know how you're alive. And the joke I say on stage is, well, I've been training for this for a long time. But it was, there's the truth. It was like, my tolerance was to the point where I lived.
0: This is what we play for.
1: But then after that, I was like, I can't ever, like, I have to make this happen. And it's such a drive, like you said, it's such a driving force to be like, no, we're going to do it. And you did it for everyone listening. Check out the goddamn comedy jam because that's that's fucking awesome. man. Yeah. And you sold it to Comedy Central and they had like a whole run with that. It's. Explain it to everybody listening. It's basically where you have comedians and rock stars kind of come together and yeah. do like a. Well,
0: it's the 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 it, the basis of the show is just um, comics do stand up, then they tell a story about a song uh, and why they chose to sing it, and then they sing it. Yeah, and it's this idea I had when I was, you know, when I first started stand up. Because we started doing a version of it, we had a, a, the band that, I'm, that, that I play with was like the house band of this show, and I would notice that that comics at the end of their set would want be like, "Let me play around with the band," and yeah. I was like, "You could see how many people could sing," and I was like, "And I like so musical that, uh, you know, I sat on the idea and the actual format until about 2014, and and I just started doing it, and it just immediately took off." And then we sold it to Comedy Central and then, you know, they did what they did with it. And then, you know, it, it was like it came to a point where I was just starting to get too busy and I wasn't doing enough because we had done so much with it. Yeah. We had we had pl- performed all over festivals this and I was just like, OK, well, I'm just going to do the festivals and I'm not going to like do any like in town shows um, because I'm just getting too busy. And then the pandemic hit and now the pandemic is basically winding down and it's like, it just, it's got like, it just, it's a show that will not die. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) But it's a great show. Thanks,
0: man. I love it. But, you know, also I think it's like, I can keep doing it until I don't look cool doing it anymore. Cause I'm 42 now. Yeah. And I'm, you know, the reason I, I, you know, I need to, you know, do more yoga and I need to stretch more and I spend more time doing all that stuff. So I can, Keep doing. I mean, because, dude, it's like, can I do this when I'm like 55? You know. Like, well, we
1: were talking about it before. You you had an issue with your
0: knee when you first got here, and not then no like, more, you dude. Kinda, not no more. Yeah, you worked that Stem out. Stem cells. <laughs> 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 Fucking dead uterus. Uteruses. No. What are they called? Uh, fetuses. Fetuses. Yeah. There you go. Same thing. Um, I wanted. You did
1: mention the opiates, and I, I know. I've listened to you on the Crab Feast, and I've I've gotten to talk to you personally about it. That was probably one of the hardest things, like you mentioned earlier, for you to kick. What, um, what was we, it? But that's what you said. You said because when you so do you know I watched Euphoria. I haven't seen it. Everyone says it's pretty. It's great.
0: Yeah, it's pretty it, it, stressful. It, it, how old are you? Thirty-three. You won't feel as creepy as I do. <laughs> Because there's a lot of titties, and they're supposed to be like 18 year old girls, and then you're like, "Please be older than eight, and they're like, "Thank God, you're 23, 23." Yeah. Yes, um, I love it though. Yeah, but like there's this one character Rue, and Rue does like fentanyl and heroin and stuff, and and you know I watch her like detoxing, and I'm just like, man, I was like, dude, I I, I did like, I mean, I there were times where I mean the longest stretch I had straight on painkillers was. Well, I guess seven, eight months on Vicodin, yes. But then I had this one run after the car accident where I was like seven months. So from January, well, five, five and a half. Of but it was like hardcore, like like Opana 40s, which is oxymorphine, which Holy is like, shit, yeah, because it's like you couldn't get Oxycontin anymore in a, in a in a in a in a without it being in like a gel, so you couldn't snort it. So that was where like the Perk 30s and Opana 40s came in, and that was like. All I was doing, and I was probably at least on at least a $100 a day, uh, if not $200 a day. Yeah. Um. And then that detox was bad, but it's, like, it was never, it was never, like, what you see, I see her, she's just, like, ah. like, I mean, I felt, like, shit for, yeah. like, three days, like, bad, but it's, like, it's, they make it seem, like, you know, and I guess maybe people on, like, heroin- you know or shitting themselves it's like i mean i would have horrible diarrhea but i was never like like ah i just shit my I just yeah. shit my pants i mean i did that's not true i sharted <laughs> but i never shit my pants yeah but that's not true i sharted but like i the opiates see my problem with opiates before the car accident wasn't so much it was kind of like i touched on it earlier was was it just made me feel Like, like safe, yeah, and felt good and felt confident. It was, it was kind of like getting into a warm bath and then taking that bath with you wherever you go. And I'm very big into. I love baths. I still take baths to this day, maybe one a day. I mean, maybe it only might last like five, six minutes, where I just let the water fill up just to graze my balls and kind of go in between my butt cheeks. And I'm just like, ah, it feels so good. And then I'll, then I'll convert to shower and then I finish up. But, you know, I go in there, I do like, I might send emails, just chill. um, Because it makes me, because I think it kind of reminds me of like being in my mom's stomach. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's like a very, sense, yeah. baths are very therapeutic. I just, it calms me. And so opiates felt like that. I was always in a bath. And then when I was on opiates and I took a bath, it was incredible. Dude, and then when it was, when I took opiates, was in a bath and was eating mambas, it was fucking yeah. the, oh. Oh. Candy, like real, like sugary candy on opiates in a bath. The best. I mean. Not that we're endorsing that here on the. No. Oh, no, I am. (laughs) I'm endorsing it, guys. Everybody should try fentanyl once. You're going to do it again, (laughs) but you should try it once. Um. But like there was like such a because my problem was that I did opiates right as I moved to L.A. and then and then I got off of them and then I started stand up and then I started doing opiates again because I got a hernia, and then the um I'm like two months into comedy and me Angelo Gerard Byron Tony Hinchcliffe all the guys in my class were were all doing the open mics of the Hollywood Improv okay and and Rita the the talent liaison, now GM. I don't know what she does there anymore. I think she's a booker. Uh, she created this show called The Best of the Open Mic, where she picked out the best guys from the open mic, guys and girls from the open mic. And she picked me, and I was like two months in. Oh, wow. Um. And I and I would do okay, but I guess it was just like, I had Yasser kind of be like, you gotta get Josh. Josh is funny. Like, he's, okay. he's trust me, he's good. And so she booked me. And the packed house at the Hollywood Improv, everybody bombed. Everybody had a bad set except for me. Hell yeah. And I had taken 26 Vicodin.
1: Oh, shit.
0: And I felt no pain. And so I walked up there just completely like, and I just fucking every joke just fucking leveled. And all the comics were like, oh, my God, that's so great. And so I took that as like, I'm only funny if I'm on painkillers. Okay, yeah. And it took away all of that. And so that bled for like so many years where it was like, you know, I did it up until, you know, I got sober right before the car accident and the car accident happened and I kept doing them afterwards. And then I got sober again and then I started doing the jam. Yeah. And I couldn't handle the success of the jam um, and all the people being there and having all this pressure on me. So I started doing opiates again. Okay. And then that bled. I did every jam until until May of 2016. In May of 2016, I was, like, really strung out. But no one knew. I'd sold the TV show on OxyContin. Like, yeah, I was gonna I was- say,
1: because I, I remember when you, I first heard you on The Crab Feast, and you were talking about being sober and the accident that happened in LA and everything with Angelo. And so, obviously, I would have no idea, just as a fan, like, listening,
0: like, you were back on it. Oh, dude. I was functioning. That's, yeah, that's High what i High functioning. Yeah. But the last week... Was like, I did heroin uh, in D.C., and then I, I had about $1,200 in my name, and I spent about 800 of it. I was in downtown L.A. every day buying buying painkillers, buying shit. fucking uh, Perk 30s. And and then, and this is like a big moment. We kind of touched on this about failure, and I guess this kind of wraps it up. But it was like, when I say like alcohol and cocaine was like, I got a DUI. got that last DUI, the third one. And it was like, you're going to keep going to jail. And yeah. I never got in trouble for DUIs. I might have spent five grand total between three of them. Yeah. Like, really, nothing. That's why I tell people. If you don't get a lawyer, it's not as expensive as you think. Well, I got a lawyer each time. Oh, really? I spent right. Most of the money went to the lawyer. My first DUI got dropped. The second one was probation. The third one was probation. Yeah. So I got nothing. I got like, a, like a an eighteen. Like I think I got a $150 fine on the second one. I don't think there was any fine on the third. So I got nothing. But I, but I was, like, going to go to jail. Yeah. If I do, if I do it again, the, the, the judge is like, you're going to go to jail. Uh. So so for opiates, and I had had so many moments of, like, this is it. I'm done. I got clean. I went through the shitty detox, and I withdrawed, and it felt, like, terrible. I said, I'm never going to do this again. But I did it again. Yeah. What stopped me was after that week, that last week in May 2016, I'm at the comedy store, and I'm, like, just... Like not strung out, but I just look terrible. And Sam Tripoli sees me, and he comes up to me and he goes, "Because you relapsed again, didn't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, I did." And he goes, "When are you gonna stop?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. Probably when I die, because I can't. I keep doing this." Yeah. And he looks at me. and goes, "Yeah, yeah that could be it. Or you're gonna be that 50 year old comic still hanging out at the comedy store that almost had a TV show." I remember I just like look over and there's so many of those dudes at the comedy store and they're here too. They're yeah. all in New York. I mean, there's so many people that that drank or partied themselves out of out success. Of business, yeah. And they ruined their opportunities. And I remember in that moment, it was just like, yeah, that's not going to be me. Boom. And then that was it. And yeah. I haven't done them since. And then I started doing intense therapy yeah. and like and fixed, you know, for the most part, like, like I, I know and i and you and all of your listeners you have everything if you're using cuz you have this trauma you know to protect yourself so you don't have to feel that pain the only way you are going to be able to clean up is if you deal with that pain yep you have to dig you have to dig deep and and realize what is making you use dude it was fun I'm never going to say it wasn't fun. I had a blast. But if I keep doing it at 42, if I was still drinking and doing cocaine, like that's fucking loser shit. Yeah. and I I say it all the time. Doomed youth is
1: very romantic. Doomed middle age is just sad.
0: Yeah. There's nothing. I always said there's there's something cool about uh, a recovering, you know, like heroin or drug addict. There's something really cool about a guy that was like, man, I was in it. And now I'm out of it. I got out. Yeah, and I can help you. And that's what I do. I I love I love helping people. You know, once a year, I put a uh, I put the post up on 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 social media that's like a picture of me when I was using, and I was like, "This was me then. This is me now." Uh, if there's anybody out there, if because if I can do it,
1: yeah. you can do I'm it. I'm hundred percent the same way. And if I, if I did it, fucking two DUIs, two rehabs, a detox,
0: countless hospital visits. If I can get sober. Anybody like, can come on. And it's it's like, so I always say, and this I say as a listeners, man, like, you know, my social media is at Josh Adam Meyers, like, you know, reach out and I can tell you I can give you literature. I can tell you the shit that helped me. I it's I, but you got to work on yourself, man, because like if we were, if this was just called drinking buddy, we this would be fucking <laughs> gay as fuck, dude, <laughs> X, you, X you know, buddy. dude. I'm sorry I was late. No, you're good,
1: brother. Thank you so much for coming on. This is good. Yeah, this is beautiful. I love it. We gotta beautiful? get you back on. Wasn't We're gonna... funny though. It was no, beautiful. it was very
0: funny. Was it? Yeah. Listeners, tell me. How, reach out <laughs>
1: at Josh Adam Myers check out all his dates you got a ton of shit coming up it'll be uh, fun yeah yeah absolutely we'll get you
0: back on we'll go over some of the stuff that you. happened after I'd love, love you not on a day that I'm that yeah. I'm running around ragged <laughs> kind of double double booked yourself today uh, I, tr- I fucking quadruple booked myself but it's I but I, I love you Brent so any, you, man. anytime hey. thank you again brother. my pleasure
1: everybody thank you so much for listening com at comedy on all social media and we'll talk to y'all next week